Hey everybody, this is Randall. Um, you are part of this interview on between uh, Beyond the Booth with Bill Harris, but we're splitting it into a couple of different interviews over a couple of weeks on Behind the Booth. But we wanted to go ahead and get the whole interview that Coach Medley allowed us to record today. And this is very important information. And I, I cannot tell you how critical if you have a son that wants to kick or somebody in your family or team that wants to kick. This interview is very important for you to listen, learn. So I'm going to play it from the top uh, and let it all play out. And we have a copy and then you'll hear the second part again on Beyond the Booth next week. But let's go ahead and play the interview in its entirety. Good to be here. Good to be here to join and talk, kind of talk about um, just anything and everything. A um, little bit on the careers and coaching in general. So kind of see where uh, where life has taken me. You know, post college. I think it was six years ago now. So it's time flying by. Well, my friend's son Isaac calls you coach. So if I may, I'm going to call you coach too, because anybody that coaches young people, you're investing your time and effort into that. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, I think for me, you know, the the reward is just seeing some of these guys when they're starting out, like, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, and I've been around it long enough to see those guys, like, start to excel, like, in the college ranks, um, where, you know, wherever they end up. And so that's that's been really cool for me to kind of see, see the journey from the other perspective. Um, and then also, like, having going through it myself, you know, giving them some advice and, you know, how to approach some of the uh, situations that they're in. Well, looking back at UT, just a couple of quick questions that that I come across. One, I, I wanted to ask you about the number twenty-five. Did you wear that to for a reason? So yeah, so the James Woolhoid, uh, who's a guy you know, and we've kind of become very close over the years. Um, when I was probably, I want to say, end of my eighth grade year. That spring, um, I had met with him the first time. We did one lesson, and I think I probably said three words the entire two hours. Um, so it was for me, it was just like this guy who, you know, I had grown up just watching on TV, and you know, you, you know, the name that came with it and everything. And so it was like for me, it was just like a like I don't even think I learned how to kick at all. Uh, I think I was just starstruck. But um, but after that, you know, I think that. You know, everything that he had done for me, um, you know, just through the recruiting process. Um, and, and, you know, back then, you know, what he has now is kind of night and day from the operation. You know, he was running, you know, when I was coming through, being one of his first clients. But, you know, to me, it was like somewhere to pay homage um, to him and, and really show that uh, that brotherhood, you know, UT football. So, um, and, and that was kind of the big, the big reason. Um, now the interesting thing is, is at the time he was the second all-time leading scorer, uh, and I think my senior year, about halfway through, I actually passed him on the yeah. on the charts. That was a pretty cool moment. Um, so it's Jeff Hall, and then me, and then James. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see who the next guy is. But can uh, play. I play all four years. So it's going to be hard to beat. You know, every time I see someone dressed in twenty-five that's not kicking after you and James came through the university, I'm kind of like, something's wrong with this pitcher. You know, I know we have a running back wearing 25 now. It, it, it's like our place kickers always being number 25. 
Well, when I played, uh, Josh Smith, who was, you know, kind of the Knoxville hometown guy, um, he also wore 25. And so, like, after the games, like, I would get handed, like, photos of him and kids, like, oh, asking me to sign it. <laughs> and I'd have to tell, like, I, you know, that guy's back there. It's, it's not me. But, <laughs> no, it was, uh, it, was, it was a fun fun four years. Um, you know, looking back, I think the, the, the amount of guys that I played with that are, you know, ended up in the NFL and are going on, like, you know, second and third contracts now, um, it's, it's just really, really good to see, uh, you know, those guys kind of succeed and, and achieve their dream. You know, I spoke with Steve Hamer, who runs the Vol for Life. I, well, I guess he's involved with the Vol for Life. And he was talking about Coach Heupel and uh, Danny White uh, really reaching out through that program. Have you had the chance to uh, talk to Coach Heupel or, or A.D. White and, about the program and, and, and get involved in any way with the program now? So I haven't talked to the AD. Um, he's probably running around pretty busy. Uh, but I will say that from around the moment that Hypel came in, um, it was it was pretty much an open invitation. Um, and there's been a couple times where, you know, like it, I work in Knoxville sometimes now with my job. And so, you know, after work, I just go hang out at the facility and, you know, they're all, you know, walking by or whoever's there. Um, it, it's always kind of been an open door policy. And, you know, being a former player, like, I can really, really appreciate that. Um, and, and there's been situations where it's just been me and Heibel, like, kind of one-on-one for about 10 minutes just talking about, you know, whatever. Um, so that's that's been really good to see. You know, he's very accessible. Um, and and I think that, you know, getting grounded and not letting kind of some of the marketing stuff, you know, it being UT and, and probably one of the biggest, you know, schools from a marketing perspective – Sometimes you can get caught up in that, uh, but I think he's done a really good job of, of keeping kind of everybody focused on just playing football and playing good football at that. Um, so that's that's been fun to see, and you know now it's kind of fun to go back and you know you see some of the teammates that you played with, uh, and you're kind of like you know just remembering stuff that you know happened on the field or you know in class or whatever. Uh, so it's, it's it is a good feeling to, to get everybody back. Um, and kind of join in and, and watch, you know, the next group kind of achieve, you know, and possibly do what we couldn't. Uh, so, that's, you know, that's really good to see. Uh, I love it. And I love, I love, uh, I'm an alumni too, and I love the uh, the former players being involved with the program. And just, just, it just adds so much to me. But, you know, I could ask you a thousand questions about your playing career, but what we're here to talk about, I think, is there's a lot of parents and a lot of, people like me on the peripheral of high school football and middle school football um, that see kids struggle to kick. And, and I, I do play-by-play at Sequatchie County, and we had one kicker last year who got hurt, and we were literally on the soccer field auditioning people to kick. It is a lost art, and it's an art that's hard to find coaching if you don't go in the private sector. So tell us a little bit about what you do and 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 how how you got involved in that? Sure. So, and and I'll say this: you know, the industry has changed a lot um, since probably like the mid two thousands. Um, to give kind of a general overview of the industry on, on the kicking side, you know, for your national coaches, you've got um, you got Jamie Cole, uh, Chris Saylor, so they kind of run like your rankings. So they're not they're not huge on instruction, but it's you know it's kind of going to uh, you know validate yourself against some of the best guys in the country, and it's kind of like, almost like the PGA Tour, right? right? Where they just kind of go around, you the best guys show up every week, and you know you kind of 
you know, claim your spot. Um, what we do is a little bit different. So we're primarily focused on the instruction and, and the actual training part. So we're going to make you better. We're going to get you, you know, your research and development periods. We're going to get a little bit of competition, but most of what we want to do is be able to kind of shape and mold and over the course of two to three years, um, ideally, and, and, you know, give, give your best shot at, you know, whatever potential you have, um, you know, to go to college and, and possibly earn a scholarship. So back in 2009, I think, um, James started doing a little bit of private training. Um, he didn't really know a whole lot uh, as far as, you know, the technique and stuff. He was just kind of basing everything of, of what he knew. Um, but there was another guy that he went to get training at and then pursued, uh, he then pursued like the Arena Football League for a little bit, but was really, really good. Um, got to probably a, an NFL type level, um, just never got the, the opportunity. So then he decided to start, you know, coaching. And now we've built this business up. Uh, I think he's going into his 14th or 15th year now, um, to where we're training about 150 guys across the state. And, you know, we've got a senior training program where we're, we've got 20 guys and probably 18 to 19 of them are going to be playing college football, either as a preferred walk-on or, or full scholarship. So, you know, what we've built, um, I would say, rivals, you know, as far as placement and end result, any, any group out there. Um, whether you've got, you know, there's some in Atlanta, there's a few in Birmingham, uh, I think there's a, one in North Carolina. Um, and if you kind of scattered across the country, but it's, it's a hard industry if it's not your main job. Because, um, right. you know, you think about time and, and effort in the weekends and, you know, kind of everything that comes along with that, the travel. Um, and especially, you know, being in Nashville, like, you know, the cost of living is up. It's, it's, it's going to be a spot where, you know, and James has it, you know, right on the money where he's working at Greenwood Academy um, and, and, you know, having the field access and everything. So it works well. Um, but I think that's kind of why you don't see a lot of coaches doing it, um, just because it's it's just very hard to, to get in and stay in those markets and actually make you know kind of make a name for yourself. Yeah, uh, I understand that that the instructions that you're able to give, and, and uh, we deal with it a lot, or I see it a lot. There's not a lot of really good kicking instruction outside the private industry. With you offering this. Do you, do you have kids that have come that just say, I want to be a kicker, or I've been kicking for two years, and I just know to hit the football? Yeah, uh, we, you know, we, we kind of get all walks of life. Um, we have some that are, you know, hey, I'm just getting into sports in general, and I thought I'd start, you know, kicking. Um, we have others that were a really heavy soccer background that kind of realized, like, hey, you know, I'm probably middle of the road as a soccer player, but I've got a really strong leg maybe I try kicking now and so we've seen that one work out um, I was kind of an anomaly I never played soccer um, I kicked in the backyard for you know since I was like a little kid but just never really like pursued it and then one day uh, we were you know out in practice as like you know Pop Warner and somebody's like well we gotta find somebody to kick off and so the whole team you know tried out and you know of course by far I was like the best one I was like oh okay so like I'm pretty good <laughs> Uh, so might as well pursue it, right? So that's, that, you know, and, and sometimes you just never know. Um, and I've got other kids that, you know, day one, it's like, and you got a lot of work to do. And then by, you know, year two, they're like, oh, they're, they're actually pretty good. They picked it up. Right. Um, and so, and so that's always fun to see. But, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're somebody who's thinking about doing it, um, and you know, there's never really a wrong time to, to try out. Uh, but ideally, it's it's eighth or ninth grade, um, and then just you know continue to get in the weight room. Um, and that's another thing that's changed a lot over probably the last like six seven years is got you know athletes are starting to become kickers, right? right. I think the the mantra is, has always been well, kickers are just kind of these squirrely like you know itty bitty guys who can just kick a ball a long way and they don't really do much. Well, that's changing. <laughs> there's there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at. I'm like, man. I'm glad I'm not in your class because right. you would run circles around me. <laughs> but even even if I remember correctly, um, your leg was strong enough to get several offers even from the Big 12. So it was kind of a self-taught art for you at the time. Um, do, do you think you being self-taught help you now that helps you instruct now that you have a little more technique and strategy in your and kind of just the proper form in your in your career or in your training bag yeah I, and I think that's you know having done it um, I, I you know the way I teach guys is I teach them the way that I think um, but I tell them like this is how I think about it and this is how I go about it um, your way might be different but what I want them to understand is the concept so as long as they understand the concept, right, because I'm not going to be there every day at practice. Like, I can't be in a thousand places at once. Right. Um, so, so if they understand the concept, in my mind, they should be able to kind of self-coach. Um, and then once you get good enough, you almost want to, and this is kind of where I was, you know, probably made a mistake, because I, I tried to self-coach too much. Um, it's where I was kind of getting in my own head sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where you, like, you find your guy, and you say, just kind of pull back, and you just go do uh, but, yeah, the mental game, the mental aspects, even in practice and games, like that was something that I always took um, a lot of analyzing to, uh, to to try to develop, you know, a, a perfect system. Uh, and I feel like I got there. I feel like the 2018 when I was coming out for the draft, like I think I probably went, you know, a month, month and a half, and, you know, my kicking sessions were like I just didn't miss. And it, it almost got really boring. And that's kind of where you want it to be where when you get set, you know that ball's just already going in because you've done your homework, you've done your pre-check alignment, um, and, and you just know. So I tell guys all the time, if you can get to that that point, that's when you know. But that takes a lot of reps, takes a lot of repetitions, and you have to be very purposeful every day when you're going out to kick. You know, as one of the guys that sits in the stands that thinks every kick looks easy, uh, a 40-yarder is a long ways even in. You think about Chase making the 40-yarder to beat Alabama. Uh, when when I got onto the field and I looked at 40 yards, anybody that's getting over 35 or 40 yards has got a strong leg. Uh, is that is that when they come to you? Do you all do you already measure their range or or have how once you know how strong your leg is documented? Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, exploding your hip and your leg through a ball and then trying to overkick. Um, and I, I hate to use golf cause I think that's like probably the closest analogy, but you know, you, you want to be on balance. You, you want to be, you know, powerful. So, you know, you swing as hard as you can stay on balance. Um, if you swing too hard and you're off balance, it's like, well, that's too hard. You need to back it off a bit and, you know, kind of build your way up. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the progression, you know, most guys, when they start out, if they can strike a ball, usually 20, 25 yards, 30, um, 
you know, by like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Now when you start getting into like some, we've had some juniors hit 60. Um, we've had some seniors hit 65, 70. So like, you know, when the, when that weight room and, you know, kind of maturity starts to come along, like that's when it can get really, really fun. Um, but I mean, as far as like, if you're starting out, um, distance isn't a crucial thing. I think the biggest thing is just going to be learn how to strike a ball, learn how to leg lock, um, and then, and then coming up through the ball, um, and get the fundamentals down before you really start trying to attack it. So, uh, my friend's son, uh, Isaac Smith, that's working with you as a former soccer player or a current soccer player at a very high level. Is there habits that you have to break soccer players from when they enter the football realm? Oh God, yes, all the time. Um, and I think from a from a coaching perspective, and you know, and, and I get it. You know, you, you find these dual sport athletes where they're playing, you know, football in the fall, and then soccer season comes, and they're they're doing the school soccer and then the travel soccer. Um, it, it just kind of becomes this, you know, which which wolf do you want to feed? Do you want to feed the right. football guy or, or the uh, or the soccer? So that's where you know. It, guys can kind of stunt their growth in, in, in the kicking element um, a little bit, but I, you know, I get it. It's, it's your time to be a kid. It's time to have fun. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it's whatever you want to get out of it, right? Because whatever you put in um, is what you're going to get out. So, I, you know, I don't blame them at all, um, but the ones that do succeed, you know, we, we start seeing them around like sophomore, junior year start to just, you know, migrate to the football side and then add, start adding a little bit more weight room to their regimen and, and then that's when they explode and then it's really good to see so um i know it's a different and you made the golf analogy i was going to say the same thing punters and kickers are to me the punter is the guy that can hit off the tee 300 yards but the place kicker is the guy 150 in that can put his wedge wherever he needs it. oh yeah is there a difference in i guess good kickers don't always make good punters or good punters don't always make kickers um, is that technique or is that just what you've done rep- repeatedly thousands of times? So I, I would use the analogy um, of dancing, right? For punter, for pain, you know, it's it's a lot like dancing. Some guys have it and they got good moves and they can just pick it up and go. And some guys look like they have two less feet um, and they have to really like work at it to develop the rhythm. Um, I was kind of a guy that could dance a little bit. Uh, not not actual dance, but I, I could punt. Um, I would kind of come across the ball a little bit, but I really had to train myself uh, to walk straight because the the rotation of your hips when you're kicking is very different from the rotate from the explosion up when you're punting. So kind of having two different swings. Um, right. You know, if, if there's any golfers out there, you know, it's, it's kind of like hitting a fade and then trying to hit a draw back to back. Um, just two different swings and. and you know, when, if you can get it down, that's great. But that, I think that's why you don't see a lot of, you know, especially in the NFL, um, a lot of you know, kickers and punters um, doing doing both. Uh, so that's it. But yeah, I, I would I would say that there is it is more difficult to learn how to punt than it is to learn how to kick. Interesting. I would have I would have thought it would have been the other way around. But um, in our last few minutes, let's talk a little about your instructions. I know you move around and. Uh, you, you're at different places, and if a parent is listening to this interview and wants to get involved, and say they're in the Chattanooga area uh, or the Knoxville area, explain how this works, or or how you're in different areas uh, to train. Yeah, so we, we've actually got a really good system, um, and this has kind of been 
you know, over, like I said, over the course of 13 years, it's, it's been kind of redeveloped. Um, but basically, the, your timeline goes uh, new client camp. So those are held um, usually in February, March, and April. Um, and then we've got another one coming up in October, I believe. Um, and, and there's we've got a link um, online. It's, it's uh, jameswillhoytkicking.com. Um, and if you don't know how to spell Wilhoyt, it's W-I-L-H-O-I-T. Uh, so those are those are kind of your opportunities to get involved. Um, we've also got summer camps, so those are open to new clients as well. But once you're a new client, the the way that we like to see progression is we've got spring training programs. So those will be four four times in the spring, so about once a month. Um, and then we'd like to see you at a summer camp. And then your fall training is is very light, so you're probably about once a month. We're not trying to kill your legs because you're in season, but we do want to keep you on the tracks, so to speak. Um, and, and then probably about if you're, you know, and that's if you're like a freshman or, you know, eighth grader, even a sophomore. Um, if you're a junior, it might be a little accelerated. So, you know, you might come in as like a summer camp and then just go straight into some of the spring trainings. Um, but I would say if you're, if you're a junior, um, go to a new, new client camp. And then you need to go to a Coles showcase, um, so that way you can get a ranking, um, kind of know like where you stand in recruiting. Um, you know who you know who else is above you, kind of give you an idea of what schools to be looking for. So and we help with all that. So like that's that's kind of a, a full service, um, yeah. and that's one thing that I'm really proud of that we're able to kind of do now. Um, now that we've built kind of some of these recruiting connections uh, with, with different schools across Tennessee, and then you know so a little bit in Kentucky. Is, is adding, you know, look, look, you know, go to a coach, like, who do you need? You know, are you needing a punter for next year or, you know, are you needing a kicker this year or, you know, like, who are you redshirting? Um, so knowing that information can be valuable to say, like, you know, to a group of guys, like, hey, like, this spot's open, you know, go fight for it, right? And so that's, uh, so that we've seen a lot of success there this year, um, doing that. So it's, uh, it, it's a good opportunity, but, you know, the, it only works if, if the client's willing to work. You know, what we teach is tried and true, but, you know, we see a few guys that don't really put in the effort sometimes, and, you know, they, uh, you know they're always in the middle of the road. Right. So, um, so yeah, it, it, but it's, it's good. It's rewarding um, for sure. So if there's any parents out there um, that need to get or want to get involved, um, jameswillhoodkicking.com, and you can sign up right there on the links. So it's, uh, it's pretty easy, to be honest. I will put that link on the website too, in case anyone wants to come and uh, come to our website. It'll link it to you. Um, I did not know about the uh, kind of that is a very full service. So, um, do you think smaller schools, Division two, II, Division three schools, you know, I'm thinking of like Columbia and Maryville and stuff, it, they've got to have kickers too. And getting there, I, I think that would be a harder path to. For, for a coach to find a kicker to come to Cumberland University or Maryville, are you involved with those those type of coaches too? Oh yeah, so like you know, the school that comes to mind is Carson Newman, right. um, TSU. You know, yeah, a lot of and honestly, a lot of the smaller schools like those, those are the people that we probably have the best connections with, just because it's so hard to recruit because um, a lot of times their recruiting budgets are very very small, but. If we can have, you know, a list, a short list of like five or six guys that say, hey, these guys would be a really good fit, um, it just helps them out that much more. Um, so, and then, you know, and I don't think we, you know, I think we do a really good job of not playing favorites. 
um, like I said, it's it's a very unbiased um, representation. So you know, and I think that's what the coaches want. I think that's what the players want too, um, to know that you know we're giving them a fair shot. That it's it's their job to go out and earn it. Absolutely. Uh, last question, coach, and we'll wrap up for the day. I wanted to ask you. We've talked about the physical, and you've talked about the next level. What about the mental preparation of a kicker? How much time do you spend working with your students? Just you're on the sideline, you've got to make a kick. Because to me, it seems like a huge part of the kicking game. It is, um, but I think I also think that's developed over a long, a long period of time. Um, I think you know we we spend some time talking about it at, at every camp, but. I think for it's going to be different for everybody. Um, for me, it was always you know I had I had somewhat of a, a checklist, right? Um, you know, back up three steps, make sure the my line is good, take side steps, make sure my angles are good, set my feet, set my hips. Once I'm there, then my brain would you know kind of go on autopilot almost from there, and I could just see a ball, hit a ball because all my pre work had already been done. So that was kind of what gave me the confidence to go be aggressive um, and kind of make that same swing. Other people might be a little bit different, um, you know, and I, and I think I see a little bit of, you know, everything, full spectrum, so to speak, uh, training 150 guys. So that's that's kind of where it's, you know, as a coach, like I could see a little, you know, almost like a therapist, right? I don't don't talk about anybody else, but I get to see, it, you know, kind of everything that's out there. Um, and, and I would say, you know, what I did worked for me, but it may not work for somebody else. Um, but, yes, the mental game is huge. Um, I think that, you know, I compare it to golf a lot, you know, golfers, it's, it's, you know, how do I swing and not think about technique and just swing. Um, but when I'm on the practice range, I'm trying to work technique, you know, from dust to dawn. Uh, so like, I think there's a, there's a fine line between trying to get inside your own head and just kind of letting your, your body just naturally do what it does. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the, always the inner battle, um, Absolutely. the game within the game. Absolutely. Coach, um, thank you for the time. I won't keep you any longer. I know you have a busy life. You get to coach, but I'm pretty sure you probably have to work too since you were out of town last couple of days. And uh, I appreciate your time. And, you know, anytime that you've got new client local to the Chattanooga area, please let us know. Come on, talk about it. We welcome you anytime. And thank you so much for taking time for us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Um, so I, you know, everybody uh, looking forward to the season this year. So we'll be, uh, I think we're going to a few games. So hopefully uh, Tennessee can pull out a few wins, beat Georgia, and let's go win the SEC. You know what? I've already called it, Coach. I already called it we beat Georgia in Knoxville. So I'm just going to end on that remark. So I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Thank Randall, I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you all for listening to this special interview with Coach Aaron medley now of the Tennessee balls, former, former kicker. Uh, he has promised to come back to visit us again. And I believe we'll have him back the next time uh, he's in the area. Uh, I'd love to ask coach met medley about uh, kicking in Bristol at the battle of Bristol and, you know, some of his experience as a player, but if you're a parent and you have a young person that wants to be a kicker, I cannot recommend the James Willoyd Kicking Academy enough. I appreciate you listening to this special interview. Uh, of course, we had part one on Beyond the Booth, and we kind of had some feedback issues. 
So we'll have part two on that show next week. But thank you for taking your time and watching and listening to this oh, oh, so important interview.